वर्ड्स ऑफ विजडम ज्ञान गंगा ऑन आ विराट हिंदुस्तान संगम सोशल मीडिया चैनल्स एज यू नो वी बीम दिस प्रोग्राम अ लाइव अक्रॉस द ग्लोब ऑन आ वेरियस सोशल मीडिया चैनल्स and today we have a very important discussion with dr subramanian swami and professor md nalapath uh, our topic for today is uh, new ramifications of the afghan situation for india uh, and uh, i uh, would now be requesting dr swami to make the introductory remark but before that i want to tell our viewers that this program which we started in april 2000 Uh, and 20 we have now reached 124th episode today and last sunday we had a very 123rd episode where dr swami discussed the tamil nadu temple under siege the way out and i thank our viewers across the globe in 121 countries for the viewership of 166912 so it has been a big response which members and our viewers from across the globe have been giving us on our virat hindustan sangam i owe it to the viewers for their support they extend to virat hindustan sangam and dr swami today as you know a very important discussion where professor nalapath who holds a phd in economics and who teaches at the manipal university and the subject he is an expert on foreign affairs and security issues he is a journalist associated in the past uh, holding important roles in the times of india matrabhumi and other journals across the country and abroad and he regularly writes for uh, the sunday guardian uh, and in and uh, he is uh, advisor on the news x channel he is uh, his columns are syndicated on various international publications he has appeared in our show in the past and we welcome him to to our show and with this words it is i have to thank my co-host professor arvind chaturvedi from delhi and ramesh swami and our technical team led by ashish shetty tejas navalgol ishwar ayer vishal mehta rakesh gadgi and swami nathan for their support to put this weekly program together so with this uh, uh, introduction it is over to dr swami to tell us uh, on uh, about the topic of our discussion and then he will have his conversation with professor uh, md nalapat over to dr swami thank you jagdish uh, the uh, topic is very very fast developing and so we may have to have more sessions after this also uh, on the new new ramifications at the moment uh, what has happened in the last 10 days is unprecedented unexpected the united states originally had said that they are going to pull out their troops mostly uh, by september 11 then they changed it to uh, august 30th and uh, then uh, suddenly uh, on the 15th of august the taliban just walked into uh, kabul and uh, took over the presidential palace and uh, the night before the then president uh, ghani uh, just uh, disappeared he took a, uh, a plane and went off so uh, today there is no formal initiation of any government but uh, taliban is in control 
and uh, Taliban has uh, many allies uh, and uh, branches. Uh, they have a branch in Pakistan, uh, which uh, mostly survived uh, after the American attack uh, in, uh, on, in, uh, uh, in, in 2002. And uh, so, uh, first uh, new ramification is that Taliban has taken over Afghanistan. And they have taken it over in every district, except perhaps the northern part, where uh, the, a force which is called uh, originally called uh, Nor Northern Alliance is actually on all India, uh, all uh, Afghanistan uh, organization, and it's headed by a very charismatic leader's son, who was, I mean, the, the father was assassinated. Masood, his name was, and uh, Taliban sent uh, journalists uh, with cameras to. Uh, to take his interview. He was fooled into giving it. And as soon as uh, he sat down for the interview, he was uh, through the camera, he was shot dead on the spot. And now his son has grown up in these uh, many years and he has taken over and he's put, uh, you know, he's uh, secured uh, the area where he is. And he has been joined by other people. Uh, one of them is Amrullah uh, Saleh. Uh, who is a, a well-educated person, uh, very articulate, and he has other people also. So about five, six people are in there, and they are holding out, and the Taliban has been trying to you know, talk to them, but they are not listening. So th this is a group we had supported earlier. In fact, I remember many, many years ago, in I think it was 80, um, 80, 80s and, uh, 87 or 88, when Masood's uh, people came to Delhi and they met many of us. And, uh, but uh, they have been very, very, very well disposed to India and India has helped them. So now the question, uh, new ramification which has to be answered is, uh, do we help them uh, fight the Taliban? So that takes us to the question. <clears throat> so far, India has not taken any stand. Not only that, India has been left out of everything. Uh, the uh, Americans formed a, formed a quad, as they call it, which consisted of China, Taliban, and Pakistan. And uh, of course, uh, they had uh, Russia also there. Uh, so uh, this was one quad, but India was not invited. India was nowhere in the picture. Uh, of course, uh, both uh, Dawal and uh, Mr. Jayshankar made <laughs> trips to Qatar as if they are big invitees, but uh, they were kept uh, waiting till everything was decided. Then the Russians also had a quad in which they invited the Americans, the Chinese, the Pakistanis, the Taliban. And again, India was not invited. Now, India technically is a neighbor of, uh, uh, of, uh, of Afghanistan because uh, the POK, which is not in our control, but in Pakistan's control, uh, has a border with Afghanistan. So, and we have long uh, association right from Mahabharat. Mahabharat, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, the uh, Dhritarashtra's wife came from uh, Kandahar. And so did uh, Shakuni come from a part of Afghanistan. So 
it has been part of India and Maharaja Ranjit Singh in fact had uh, completely secured it. But then uh, the, uh, the British played a trick with him and uh, unfortunately um, he was um, uh, he, he died soon and his son was completely uh, taken over uh, by the British and he was brought up as an Englishman and that sort of thing. And Kohinoor, for example, uh, was taken from the son by telling him that he should give a present to the uh, to Queen Victoria. And, uh, and that's how, uh, uh, you know, Kohinoor went away from us. So I'm saying basically that if there's any one country which has ever defeated uh, Afghanistan, uh, and that is India. And that time had happened in Ranjit Singh's time. Now the question is, what stand we are going to take? Right now, we haven't said a word. There's been no policy statement on the takeover of Afghanistan by uh, Taliban. We haven't said a word. There have been uh, all kinds of uh, statements made which are ridiculous. For instance, our foreign minister said, we'll wait and see. Now, what do you mean wait and see? Every day something is developing. It's like somebody takes the pin out of a hand grenade and throws to you and you catch it and somebody asks you, hey, what are you doing catching it? He said, I'm waiting to see what will happen. <laughs> of course, the grenade will burst and you will be dead in that. So, uh, uh, we have yet to define a position. And since Narapath is well clued into our um, policy making without being a member of the policy making team, but he is knowledgeable, he has friends. So, we have invited him. Uh, he is considered very highly by everybody as an expert on strategic matters. And so, uh, we are, before I turn it over to him, I would like to make two, three more comments, which I hope um, Narapath will address. And then, if in the middle he feels I should intervene on anything, he can easily ask me to. But we will not interrupt him unless he asks for an interruption. Now, India's contribution has been in what we call is in economic and social development. And it's been there from right from 2002 till this 2021. And it was in terms of buildings, uh, the parliament building we built, uh, library we built, you know, so many things we have built. And not only in Kabul, but in almost all the provinces of, uh, of, of Afghanistan. Uh, we um, uh, have, uh, for example, built a highway, uh, a huge highway. I know, you know, must be the expertise of uh, our Gadkari. But we have built a lovely highway, uh, which is called uh, Zarang uh, uh, Kelaram Highway. And we drafted their constitution or helped drafting their constitution. In education, we have allowed or given scholarships to so many uh, uh, you know, Afghanistanis. And many of them were, had even earlier taken a degree from India. For example, uh, Karzai, who was uh, president for the longest period, uh, he was from, uh, he got a degree from Himachal University. And uh, Abdullah Abdullah was foreign minister and later the uh, president. He too uh, was educated in India. So, I mean, the connections with uh, them is very strong. And, Therefore, we should not move away from our responsibility. So, what's going on is that there is a debate, in, it appears to me, in the country, whether we should make up with the Taliban. Now, how do you make up with the Taliban? Mr. Narapath will have to tell us 
they are they are a terrorist organization but just because they occupied power we can't overlook the fact you know idi amin took a got power but the israelis never accepted him as a, a non terrorist and they treated him like that and uh, so i would say that our government seems to be confused whether we should make up with taliban or not make up with taliban but taliban is with pakistan and in fact most of the sanctuaries in the past have been provided by uh, pakistan pakistan is the one that is rejoicing today and they are everywhere they are the ones who told the americans you please leave we will take care and now they you know they, they, they there's no one to make them accountable so how do you make friends with taliban when first of all it's an islamic country this is an extremist islam islamic country that that is taliban wants it to be and they have been long associations with pakistan uh, even osama bin laden was protected for a maximum of a period before the pressure of the americans became so much that uh, ultimately uh, he was uh, betrayed and uh, taliban and, and osama bin laden was shot dead so uh, i frankly this reality check is not being done by any member any part of the government was there all the time it's all hope 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 you know we are going to talk to them we are doing this we are doing that we are waiting i know one of the most ridiculous statements of the external affairs minister is we are waiting and we are uh, we'll wait and see how things develop there's no room for wait and see every day developments taking place and you are the loser in in that so i would say first of all uh, i would ask mr narapat what do you think we should do do you think what we are doing right now is okay or we should be doing something else so uh, please uh, uh, tell us what you think second is the chinese they are fully into it and in a very clever way just before the taliban moved into karachi uh, excuse me into uh, kabul the a delegation including the one who is now going to be made the president of of uh, afghanistan they went to china and they stayed 3 4 days there they were they were looked after a full discussion and so for the economic development of afghanistan i'm sure that the chinese will use it fully because particularly the fact that they got also the border border uh, uh, that uh, that road which they're planning to build right up to Gwadar uh, port in uh, Arabian Sea. Uh, so the Chinese are, in fact, a very quiet but highly successful in the way they have penetrated uh, Afghanistan. So um, uh, I don't think that we have a chance with with enmity with China, with uh, Pakistan, uh, which has a visceral hatred for us, and then the Taliban. which uh, the first thing they said is what emirates or something islamic emirates of afghanistan is going to be the new name for afghanistan so i i would say uh, let us make up our mind uh, just before i came to this uh, this uh, show uh, i was surprised to hear that india which is now the chairman of two uh, two two bodies one is the security council that's only for a month it's uh, by rotation this is the eighth time it has happened we are of course our media and all that playing it out as is a great achievement and uh, and our world leader has uh, you know successfully got us this but this is basically for a month 
and probably expire at the end of this month. And uh, what uh, that, that uh, chairman has done today is accepted a modified uh, resolution, uh, which has probably been adopted by the time we are talking here. And it is quite different in one substantive matter from the uh, resolution draft prepared by India. When India prepared its uh, draft on the 16th of uh, or uh, uh, 17th of August, uh, excuse me, no, not 17th, it's here, uh, six, uh, yeah, 14th of August, uh, it said that uh, Taliban and it's uh, uh, and uh, you know the, the, the terrorism of the Taliban any other group connected with it must be ended this is what this original resolution said the resolution which has just come out today has completely deleted that and we are now left with the Afghan, Afghan, uh, Afghan no Afghan group uh, or uh, individual should be allowed to be terrorists. Now, that is, you have no more, you have given a chit that Taliban is not a terrorist organization. Well, and then what is a terrorist organization? So, in short, what I'm saying is we have no Afghanistan policy. That is surprising because we have spent so much money on, of course, constructive work and earn the respect. The international polls were taken over the last uh, 20 years about five times and all of the time India was on the top of the most popular country for the Afghans. Naturally, you got education from here, you got medicine from here, you got hospitals from here, uh, you know, you got a parliamentary system from here, so many things. So people are happy when they come here, uh, you know, they, we make them feel at home. So Afghanistan as a people, who are not terrorists, who are not connected with the drug mafia, who is not uh, connected with Pakistan. They are uh, for India and they like India's democratic freedom. They like our, um, you know, the fact that women have the right to get employment and be uh, elected to office, even become chief ministers, prime ministers, so on. So in this circumstance, are you going to sacrifice Afghanistan to Taliban, or you're prepared to fight. Now, everybody scares, oh, fight, you know, why should we fight there? Why should we fight? If you don't fight there, you may have to fight here. Because if uh, Taliban secures itself and stabilizes itself, it can come to POK, which means our border very soon. I mean, our uh, the non-Kashmir border too. If they come to uh, Pakistan, they will come to uh, Lahore, and then they are again uh, on, the, on the borders. So one side you have the Chinese, one side you have the Taliban, the other side you have the Pakistanis. I mean, it's a, it's a hair-raising uh, national secu security scenario. And unless we plan, we may be in great difficulty and lose the whole of Kashmir also. Uh, and in the meantime, the Chinese might do something in the Northeast, and then of course Ladakh, uh, all these things. They paint a very grim picture. So how to see through the, all this maze? We have got uh, someone, we can't find a better person uh, to call here. 
and he very readily agreed. We thank uh, Dr. Uh, Professor Nalapath uh, to please enlighten us. What is our policy? If you can't discover our policy, what should be our policy? And how do we go forward on uh, Afghanistan from now on? Over to you, Professor. Yeah, well, uh, I'd like to say, Dr. Swami, that, uh, that, you know, I have nothing to do with government whatsoever. But I'd like to point out that China did something very interesting. Uh, about a month and odd ago, it appointed a second ambassador to Afghanistan along with yeah. the existing ambassador. So you had an ambassador to the Ashraf Ghani government and then you had a second <laughs> ambassador, a ambassador, very senior person. In fact, he was more senior than the ambassador to the Afghan government of, of, headed by Mr. Ghani. The ambassador to the Taliban was an even more senior diplomat uh, from the Chinese foreign ministry and they appointed an ambassador to the Taliban. So I think the Chinese knew very well what was being planned in Afghanistan, certainly by Pakistan and, uh, and their friends in Afghanistan. I, I'm not sure if the United States knew it or did not know. I'm not because, let's put it this way, if, if Biden represents the wisdom of the United States, then it is difficult <laughs> to know what Biden knows and what Biden doesn't know and what Biden doesn't know he doesn't know and knows what he doesn't know. Let's put it that way. But to, it's, it is amazing that you have a country which has appointed two ambassadors. Let's say tomorrow the Chinese appoint, all right, we have an ambassador in Delhi, but that is ambassador to the government, which is a BJP government, headed by a BJP prime minister and BJP ministers. Let us appoint the government for the Congress party. So let us have an <laughs> ambassador to the Congress party. And that, of course, will ambassador will be a most senior person. Well, I don't think that the government of India, Dr. Swami has got some views on the government of India, but I don't think that that kind of uh, Gandhian, if I may say so, forgiveness will go to that level. And if they were to appoint a formal ambassador to the opposition party, then I think uh, any government would react no matter which the government. So the Chinese knew for some time what is cooking in Afghanistan. Uh, they were well aware of it. And it is not a surprise because they provided many of the ingredients in the kitchen. And they were there in the kitchen. Uh, I mean, and, and, and some of the key chefs, the Pakistan military chefs, of course, are under their control and their supervision. So this is something which is very, very you know, important to point out that you have a country, a member of the United Nations, a member of a country which keeps talking about diplomatic protocol and international norms, appointing an ambassador to an entirely different uh, group and that to a group that's been in armed conflict with the legal government of Afghanistan for decades, armed conflict. So, I mean, uh, forget about the Congress party, let us say the Chinese, you know, uh, have set up an ambassador to the Maoists of India, the, 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 what we call the CPIML, the Communist Party of India, Marxist-Leninist, that is the formal term. Uh, they, they are called Naxalites in common parlance. So you have a very senior Chinese diplomat as ambassador to the Naxalites. Well, that's exactly what they did 
because the Taliban are, in a sense, the Maoists or the Naxalites or the insurgents of Afghanistan. So the, the Ghani government did not protest. Frankly, if I were Ashraf Ghani, I would have told the Chinese ambassador to go packing back to Beijing and send this other ambassador also packing back to Beijing from Kabul. Mr. Ghani, obviously, he's a man who is a very forgiving man. He's forgiving a lot of sins, including, I think, in himself. So nothing of the kind happened. So far as the UNSC resolution is concerned, uh, Dr. Swami, let us be very blunt. The reality is the United States, the UK, uh, France, Germany, all these NATO powers and so-called allied powers that have got troops in Afghanistan, their only objective is to ensure that their own people do not fall victim to that conflict. That they, no body bags go back uh, from uh, you know who are which are who are American or uh, British or German or whatever. That is their only objective in Afghanistan, and it has been their objective for quite some time. I mean, there is a lot of talk about building democracy, building institutions, defeating terrorism, defeating the Taliban. Yes, that that could be maybe you know if you have uh, one to ten objectives. One to nine is force protection. Uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin made that very clear after these 13 US soldiers were, were killed in Afghanistan. Poor Joe Biden ran away from Afghanistan thinking he will save the lives of uh, US soldiers and he will go down in history as the US president under whose watch nobody died in Afghanistan who was an American citizen. Poor Bi I mean Biden uh, I mean, this uh, particular fragment of, of a terror group. And they're all, frankly, as you very well know, they're all part of one collective. I mean, they go by different names, but they're one collective. Poor Biden could not have that distinction. At least 13 Americans have perished under his watch. And I'm, I, I'm not sure. I hope they will be the last, but I'm not certain about that. Can I interrupt you here? Please. Can please. I interrupt you here? Why would China, which is a very, you know, well-developed uh, country, it's not uh, an illiterate uh, uh, fly-by-night government that has just suddenly come to power. Why would they appoint two ambassadors at the same time? I mean, what was the thinking? Can you guess? Well, I think it's very pragmatic thinking that they believe the Taliban was going to take over power in Afghanistan. It was inevitable. And they wanted to be basically on the right side. Because, as you know, Afghanistan is the oh, one of the biggest sources of rare earths. Oh, oh, this happened. This happened when Ghani was still president. Absolutely, very much so. And there was no question of the Taliban taking over. Uh, I mean, even many of the towns that subsequently took over. Yeah. Forget about yeah. Kabul. Forget about the government. I mean, yeah. it was way before all that happened, and they had appointed at that point in time itself. I had pointed out. Uh, I think on, in, on television, a most unusual move to appoint a formal, I'm not talking of an informal ambassador. You know, you have this track 1.5, track, track whatever. This is absolutely the senior, a more senior diplomat than the ambassador to the government of Afghanistan was appointed by China as the ambassador to the Taliban. The UNSC resolution, let me say, Dr. Swami, I don't believe the United States or Britain or Germany or, I mean, any of these countries 
would have wanted to mention the Taliban because they're all desperately trying to ensure that they do not lose their lives. Now, the Americans have lost 13 lives. Joe Biden must be frantic that he, he, not one more American should, uh, should perish on, on his watch. He must be frantic, poor man. You know, you could see the fact that he is frantic by the way he has run away from Afghanistan. But now he must be doubly frantic. The Boris Johnson must be frightfully frantic. And I use the word frightfully advisedly. I mean, Merkel and everybody else will be frantic. They don't want any anybody back to come back. To either so to what, what, what you're saying is that if everybody is going to uh, agree to take... Uh, the uh, terrorist label from Taliban. India has no alternative but to go along. No, I mean, India has been, uh, India is not going to be expelled from the UN if we took a stand. No, no, yeah, they are a, a terrorist organization well, or they're supporting know, terrorist organizations, yeah. uh, which uh, is the truth. Uh, uh, so why didn't India take that uh, position that, uh, well, I'm different? Dr. Swami, I'm outside the government and I, you know, therefore I'm, I agree with you that very frankly, we should basically do what we are well known for doing, and that is stand up to terror and basically oppose. And the Taliban, frankly, is an organization with which India cannot have any kind of a reasonable truck. Although, may I say that the Taliban itself is composed of six factions. Two of yes. them are controlled by Pakistan. One is controlled yes. by China. If you remember, you tweeted this. And three of them are what I call free Pashtuns. So you have yes. three captive Pashtuns, to, to, two, you know, two of these three groups are in the captivity of the Pakistan military, one of them yes. in the captivity of China, and the Pakistan military is in the captivity of China. So essentially, yeah. all these three are directly or indirectly captives of China, but three are free Pashtuns. So the Taliban itself is a little bit of a complex, uh, I mean, uh, organization. But I want to point out something. Number one, I don't believe the Americans or anybody else, they would have been comfortable, frankly, with the, including the Taliban. And it's quite possible that they told us, for heaven's sake, please don't embarrass us. Please don't make us vote against your resolution. So get it through. And possibly that was the right decision. I'm, I'm, I'm not in government. I don't know what goes on in government. So possibly because, I mean, I mean from their benefit of being insiders, and I'm an outsider, so I have a different view. My view is you put your mark clearly and frankly and tell the world what you stand for, which is that you're against terrorism and you're not afraid to stand up against terrorism. But maybe if, if you're in government, you have other factors, other information, and you don't do it. But I want to tell uh, you something. Uh, one last interruption. One last interruption okay. before Why you not? go to another point. Why? And that is this, that the Americans, when they had the Quad meeting for Afghanistan, they didn't include India. So why you have to uh, listen to American plea on this? Look, uh, frankly, quad, squad, trad, bad. Uh, none of these meetings are going to achieve anything. The Afghan tragedy no. is going. It is a tragedy foretold. I mean, some people have been tweeting what I have been writing way back in 2018 and all that, in which uh, this kind of sequence of events was laid out. It's a tragedy foretold. These are meaningless meetings. The fact is that diplomats want to show that they're doing something. So they go in for meetings. They spend a lot of money on going to some resorts, having a nice time, alcohol, various other diversions. <laughs> and then they produce statements. They have photo opportunities. 
and everybody thinks my god a lot of hard work is going on a lot of hard work is going on with you know daubing the paint uh, off your face where after you get off television and putting the paint on your face and possibly lipstick also i don't know when you're on television but i can tell you all this is a waste of time i'm quite happy that none nobody none of the people in india who are officials were basically asked to join in this waste of time look let me say something about the khorasan project the taliban is at the core of the khorasan project and the khorasan project as you very well know is the creation of an emirate which they call an islamic emirate actually it's a wahhabi emirate and i would like to distinguish between a genuinely islamic emirate and a wahhabi emirate this is what they want is a wahhabi extremist emirate that believes in violence that believes frankly that if you do not belong to the wahhabis well you don't really have a right to live or if you live you'll have to live as a slave not even as a dhimmi which is as a as a some submissive kind of human being but as a slave not even as a servant as a slave and that is the wahhabi psychology they want this islamic emirate to spread across a very wide region i don't think the chinese leadership is aware large parts of china have been included in this islamic emirate large parts of <laughs> india have been included on uh, the whole of central asia the whole of pakistan has been included large parts of russia and europe have been included but don't forget the original crusades were in europe and these people say that the crusaders from europe you know carried and won the war now we have to again beat the europeans back and the europeans they mean you know people of of european descent so they mean the united states also which is still majority of european descent the khorasan project the taliban is supposed to be the facilitator of the khorasan project because afghanistan is supposed to be the epicenter of the khorasan project just as the chinese communist party would like to make uh, the prc the middle kingdom once again the epicenter of geo- global geopolitics the center point if i may say so of global geopolitics the taliban would like to make afghanistan ruled by it the center point of this khorasan uh, emirate which will spread across a huge area of eurasia africa finally north america and which will be this so from that point of view the taliban the, all these six groups in the taliban and each of these groups may have some other groups who knows i mean i, I frankly i can't track beyond a certain level i am i mean i i presume government is tracking them although government is very tight lipped about what it is tracking and what it is not tracking so i have no way of knowing <laughs> what the government knows or what it does not know all i know is what little i know and i can tell you that these six groups are united and what we call you know isis or daesh whether it is isis k or a b c d e f whatever whatever you know y z all these isis wings and the, all the wings of taliban are united in supporting the khorasan project the the difference is only one of tactics i i will you know uh, i am a member of taliban i say let us be friendly with dr swami 
I am, let us say, of a different group in the Taliban, or I call myself vices. No, Dr. Swami is horrible. Don't deal with him. You know, forget about Dr. Swami. Write him off. Somebody else will say, no, maybe he's not so horrible. Why don't we have one more effort? That is the tactical move. The strategy is very clear. What Dr. Swami says should not be allowed to happen. What we want to happen, which is opposed to what Dr. Swami says, must happen. So the fact is, the strategy of all these groups in the Taliban is a strategy of the Khorasan project, a strategy of taking revenge on the crusader. And who are the crusaders? The European powers. And that, that includes the United States, Canada, poor Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau, I mean, uh, short of wearing a beard and, and, and dressed in a turban. He, I'm sure the poor man would like to be friendly with the Taliban. But I don't think poor, you know, he, he will get away from the, uh, even the Canadian electorate if he does that. So we haven't yet seen Justin Trudeau in a beard and with a huge turban and dressed like one of the Taliban leaders. But the reality is that they're all supposed to be part of the crusader group that has to be defeated. This is the Taliban philosophy. So which is why if you're talking about the Taliban as a long-term ally or as a friend, what you're saying is you are ready to roll over and give them victory in the Khorasan project. That's what you're saying, essentially, because they are not going to be diverted from that Khorasan project. They believe in it. And don't forget, Dr. Swami, these are people who believe life begins at the grave. You and I are very clear, life ends at the graveyard. I mean, life ends at the cremation ground or whatever, at the Tower of Silence or whatever it is. But to them, life begins at the grave and the paradise begins at the grave. And when do they get into paradise? If they implement the Khorasan project or if they are seen as implementing this Khorasan project. So that is what they're interested in. Eternal life in paradise. And that is through the Khorasan project. Given that mindset, people like Joe Biden and others and Boris Johnson and not forget Boris Johnson, the army chief of Britain, Nick Carter. I mean, that poor man. I don't know if he can spell the word Taliban. I mean, I feel very sorry for the British. You know, thank God Nick Carter was not a general when Hitler invaded because then all the British people would have been speaking German, I can assure you. You would not have had the English language. You would have had courtesy Mr. Carter's, uh, I mean, idea of the world. You would have had the German language. So my point is very simple. I quite agree with you. The Taliban is incompatible with 21st century society, civilizational values. Now, frankly, I have a lot of respect for the United Nations organization. There are uh, some parts of it that have not done too well. Some parts like UNESCO that have done extremely well. But the reality is there is such a thing called universal rights. There is such a thing as rights and freedoms that every human being should enjoy. And there is such a thing as a platform of universal values on which these rights are based. What you're talking about regarding the Taliban, they are completely contrary to any of these universal rights and values. So any of these leaders, they seem to be sincere when they say, oh, there's a new Taliban, new, new Taliban. 
all I can say, I am absolutely aghast at the degree of ignorance they have about the chemistry of this movement and the chemistry of the Wahhabis and the chemistry, very frankly, of this entire Khorasan project. And ISIS-K is the visible sign of that Khorasan project. ISIS-K has advertised itself as being for the project. But every yep. single individual, every single Wahhabi, including those who are millionaires and zillionaires in Chicago, London, Berlin, Paris, New York, every one of them, if they are Wahhabis, they also believe in the Khorasan project. Let's be blunt about it. Now, we turn out, then, Dr. Swami, frankly, I do believe that the Taliban are going to face a lot of problems. And I have been thinking, for example, today in Sunday Garden, we have carried two lengthy pieces on the Panjshir Valley. I happen to believe, I mean, you know, frankly, the whole negotiation with the Taliban faltered because they wanted... Panji, no, just for our audience, you mean uh, the Masood uh, son, Jr.? I would like to say the son Junior was an extremely brave man, exactly like his father, amazing human being. And I, I salute him. And uh, Amrullah Saleh, the president of Afghanistan, because uh, once Ghani ran away, I mean, with yeah. or without cash, if Ghani is, is living without cash, the poor man must be starving because the UAE is a pretty expensive place. It's not like yeah. India or Sri Lanka or Bangladesh. The UAE is a pretty expensive place. I've been there. I know you have spent a fair amount of money in hotels and for food and all that. So this poor man must be doing really very badly if he has no money. But I presume he has some money because otherwise he would not be, you know, but whatever. What I want to say is, you know, Amrullah Saleh, I mean, he represents the Afghan spirit. The Afghans love India. Afghan women in particular, they love India. Why? Because they are people of the 21st century. Young Afghans, young Indians, even may I be so bold to say, young non-Wahhabi Pakistanis, they all understand the 21st century is a century in which different groups have got to live together, work together, and you can't afford to have religious ex extremism and exclusivism of any variety, including the Wahhabi variety. So I'd like to say I'm optimistic about the Afghan people fighting back. I would like to see India give them assistance. Possibly we are assisting them secretly because this government is doing everything secretly. I think they don't share information with anybody outside government. That includes me, definitely. I don't know what is going on inside government or what is not going on inside government. But I would like to hope that they understand the importance of ensuring that the Panjshiris prevail in this contest. Why? Because across Afghanistan, there are people who are in the 21st century, young Afghans in particular, women, Shia, moderate Sunnis, and Sunnis, moderate Sunnis, Sunnis are not Wahhabis. Unfortunately, the Western media keeps talking about Wahhabis as Sunnis. They're not Sunni. They're not even Muslim. They are a totally different kind of theology altogether, an extremist, exclusivist theology, and they can't live with anybody else. Uh, unfortunately or fortunately, they cannot live with anybody else. But the reality of the situation is the Afghan people have started to fight the Taliban. And in Panjshir, if they prevail, 
and i really wish ramesh and other friends in america will put some pressure on poor old joe biden i mean you know i thought donald trump was an idiot but i don't want to mention what is what i feel about joe biden but he's a frankly he's a disgrace to the human race forget about the united states and he can redeem himself by doing something to support the northern alliance back in 1996 it was his good buddy bill clinton who basically gave a red carpet for taliban to take over power in kabul in 2001 they repaid the united states with 911 nobody has linked clinton with 911 the real originator of the 911 fiasco was bill clinton and his decision to back the taliban and i can tell you if there is another 911 in the united states another master attack on the us homeland the originator will be biden and this policy of running away in fear and fright from afghanistan so i i mean look i am in fear of us troops going away i don't want us troops there but us contractors us logistics us uh, intelligence us resources and above all you know that i mean air force support all this is invaluable all this is absolutely invaluable and joe biden pulled the plug and may i remind you dr somi we you know i mean this man is so ungrateful he was casting all kinds of aspersions on the afghan military the afghan yeah. military was directly trained by nato to have nothing under the knee except artificial limbs they did not trust the afghan military <laughs> to have uh, anything other than artificial limbs which is nato be a uh, below the knee and let us say that you are you have got artificial limbs you are challenged physically below the knee and suddenly suddenly somebody takes those knees those two you know below the knee artificial limbs away from you you may tend to fall and that's what happened the it is the kind of training that nato did to the taliban which frankly was a and i, I have written this many times in the past the first thing the afghan army need, needed to do was forget about all the training of nato because it's absurd training i mean in this context you know dagdish and others talking a lot about if i may say so qualifications and all of us have got multiple qualification the only qualifications i take seriously are be bachelor of experience me master of experience and de doctorate of experience and it's not for us to say whether we are bachelors or masters or doctorates of experience it is for others to look at us and say well uh, what level we are of course i know what you are dr somi you are a hyper doctor <laughs> of experience uh, but i would only want to say one thing the these are people who have got tons of formal knowledge and zero common sense and zero intellect to understand what is going on so a tragedy yeah. is unfolding before our eyes and that tragedy has been caused by joe biden's cowardly decision to follow that other coward that other ingrate donald trump donald trump no. betrayed I, the kurdish people who stood by the americans yeah. who destroyed isis yeah. and now you have got about- uh, again doing the same thing we have we have a bit short of time and our, my colleagues want to ask questions but the, before i uh, hand, hand it over to them you see this was about the ramifications 
the one uh, impression i got after listening to you about the uh, european uh, uh, crusades and so on was that you were giving us the impression whether you meant it or not is something you should clarify that the taliban is only going to be interested in chasing the europeans and they will leave the indians alone is that what you meant to say or if not then how are they going to react to indians in view of their being weaned up to this point by the pakistanis yeah i'd like to say dr somi that my take on that situation is india is not the number one priority of the taliban it is the united states it is europe there's no question Fine. about it Fine. because but are we number two no, are we number you, two priority you, may i tell you why because you don't get a cnn devoting wall to wall coverage if something happens in india you get wall to wall coverage if something happens affecting the united states and europe cnn yeah, but what, BBC, what is the CNN, operational significance of what you're saying are you saying that we can relax they will be busy with america oh, and they are going to forget us we are not going to we cannot relax because we have the pakistan military but the good news or i, I don't want to call the good news because the tragedy for pakistan uh, itself the the military is today facing increasing flak from within pakistan the military is you no know, we, we we call it a, a wahabi punjabi military it's actually a potiawari uh, uh, military a part of uh, i think the uh, northern punjab northern west punjab potiawar it is essentially a potiawari dominated military a very narrow ethnocentric base and this military you are not answering is, my question what do we have what do we do do we go on as if you know nothing has happened that the taliban is not going to be an issue for us you tell us how do we prepare against taliban we very frankly one we do extensive diplomacy inside afghanistan we also help the people of pakistan to liberate themselves from the clutches of the military so the military goes back we have a, we need a very active policy i presume the prime minister who has got a clear strategic vision is doing all this but clearly he is doing all this under cover he is not doing it openly and you know your friend mr doval and must be doing it uh, un, i mean under cover but i'm sure that kind of thing is going on but i'd like to say that yes we are going to face a problem from these two parts of the taliban that are slaves of the pakistan military because the pakistan military is obsessed with india one part that is uh, completely with china also will create problems for us because the chinese want to create problems for us so we do have a problem but i can assure you i am very certain our armed forces can deal with it i know the indian armed forces army navy air force Uh, uh, and uh, coast guard etc no we are not on that we are not on that there's nobody has ever questioned the indian army so don't bring that issue in i am saying that uh, taliban is also has associates like iss isis and uh, they uh, they could uh, you, you mean say they won't come into kashmir you're saying that uh, they will be so busy with other things that the the we are not going to have a problem and we can be sure that if they do our army you know there's the issue is not our army will not win of course the army is always one but the fact the is one. that uh, what do we prepare for that is the ramification that i'm asking you about dr swami 
we prepare for the Khorasan project in which large parts of India are included in Khorasan. That's right. That's why I wanted you to say. You made out Khorasan has all got to do with Europe. Radicalizing, radicalizing and creating hubs for supporting the Khorasan project with violence, with mayhem, with death, with destruction. We have to prepare for that. There's no question about it. We have to prepare not just Kashmir, but large parts of India are included yeah. in the map of this Khorasan. Let me tell you. Okay. Now, um, uh, th uh, if you if you if you permit me, I'd like to hand this over to uh, Ramesh and his other two colleagues, and they want uh, to ask you some questions. So, uh, over to Ramesh. Okay. Um, thank you, Dr. Swami. Thank you, uh, MD. I have three questions, but I'm going to ask the first one and then have Arvind do it. And if we have time, I'll come back to the other one. Quick thing. Is Pakistan's only objective with the Taliban? I mean, if Pakistan in the US, at least the intelligence community is considered as the godfather of Taliban, essentially supplying arms, finance, whatnot, military, whatnot. So is, is Pakistan's um, objective with the Taliban only in Kashmir and India, or is it beyond that? Is it only terrorism slash occupation, or is it also economic? I'd like to say that one of the main points regarding Pakistan is the need to keep the Pashtun nationalism in check. They are exactly. very afraid of Pashtun nationalism because the Durand line, second question. <laughs> line is an absurd line. It should not have been there. And the Pashtun territories should be united. The Pashtun people deserve their freedom. They deserve self-determination. And the Pakistan military, which is a Potiawari military, is terrified of Pashtun nationalism. And that's why they're stoking religious extremism among a section of the Pashtuns. But the Pashtuns are overwhelmingly nationalist. And, the, and on both sides of this artificial and mythical Durand line. And I can tell you that is what they are the most scared of. If I were a, a general in the Pakistan army, I would be worried about the survival of this militarized state of Pakistan more than I'd be worried about anything else, I can tell you. Right, because that was the second part of my question on that particular thing. I mean, are they afraid more of Pashtuns or Kashmir? So, but anyway, you answered that question. Is that also going to, will it also impact Baluchis or no? Uh, my point is very simple. For God's sake, stand by human rights. Hmm. You know, we have got so many statements that India, you know, stands by human rights, human values, this, that. You know, statements mean nothing. I okay. mean, let us say... Example, I am being tortured, let us say, by some by some extremist who's catching me, and then on uh, you know the television screen is in front of me, and I watch some some you know somebody, some high official. Oh, we stand by human rights. We stand for human values. We are against torture. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. I am being tortured. I want mm. you to come and rescue okay. me. So the reality is, we must give full scale assistance to all the people in Pakistan who want freedom from this okay. iron grip of the military, which is draining the country's resources, draining its independence, and promoting extremism and exclusivism. Thank you. So the second question was China. Uh, OK, Arvind, you can go ahead. Then I'll ask this question. OK, Professor Nalapat and uh, Dr. Swami, both, you can address this question. In fact, uh, I have a brief question. But before that, there is an observation why Modi and Doval are adopting a wait-and-watch strategy. This wait-and-watch strategy is because they are looking at the U.S. 
US is also adopting wait and watch strategy till the uh, decision on punch share uh, one day uh, match is taken place, maybe five days. So it's a matter of few days. Once the uh, uh, Taliban gets defeated, or once the, the Northern Army gets defeated, US will take its stand, number one. Number two, why is US striking ISK? US is striking ISK with a future strategy. And the future strategy is there are two types of terrorists. One is Taliban, one is ISK. ISK is more dangerous. That's the US painting. US painting ISK as more dangerous so that later on, if they have to adopt or recognize Taliban with comfort, they can do it after 15 days, 20 days. So my prediction is, maybe I'm not an expert in strategy, but my prediction is within this month, by the end of September, US will recognize Taliban and say Taliban has been uh, attacked by the, the uh, ISK or uh, different uh, groups of IS. And therefore, to protect Taliban or to protect Afghanistan, these terrorist groups have to be dealt with. That is one. And then only India will take a stand. But my question is now, my question <laughs> is, Dr. Swami mentioned about uh, Russia. Uh, uh, we, I mean, he has been maintaining that, you know, uh, Russia is a junior partner of China and uh, China is uh, uh, attacking India in different uh, ways. Now, the question is, Prime Minister Modi has had a 45-minute conversation with President Putin just two days back. And this conversation between Modi and Putin was naturally uh, with an eye on the US-India-Russia uh, relations and vis-a-vis -vis Afghanistan. So what do you think is the likely outcome after India takes a, a, a friendly approach to US and asks U.S. and uh, India has a, a treaty, defense treaty with the U.S. Uh, Russia, and therefore, if India takes a stand on Afghanistan, India would also like to persuade Putin to take a similar stand. Do you think it will happen, Doctor Swami? Please. Well, uh, the question was addressed to both of us, uh, but the one that he addressed to me, I just simply say this: first of all. Uh, uh, we have no treaty with Russia. Uh, the treaty we had was with the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union is broken up into 16 countries. And uh, Putin doesn't say that he is the residual of Soviet Union. He's, uh, he's, he's not a communist. I mean, he's not a declared communist country. Russia is not a declared communist country. But I maintain and I'm re-emphasizing there's nothing that Russia can do which the Chinese don't want them to do. And there's nothing that China, Russia will do which the Chinese uh, will or want them to do. That is, if the Chinese want them to do something, they'll do something. They are so thoroughly compromised by the Chinese money that has come in when China, when uh, in the early stages of Putin, he was bankrupt and, uh, and Russia was in a terrible state. So uh, uh, the question was if Modi has had a 45-minute discussion with uh, Putin, every uh, it will be taped and handed over to the Chinese. So we have to deal with the Chinese question. There is no use talking about Russia. It's, in my opinion, not even any use to talk about uh, Taliban because the Taliban delegation went to China 
two days before they took over uh, uh, and they were fettered they were uh, you know treated red royally and they made a commitment that for the development of of uh, of uh, uh, afghanistan uh, the uh, taliban said we will rely on you that is the chinese and so the chinese will use this facility plus the border road or whatever that border roads or whatever it is called bri everything the chinese will get implemented and in the process we are going to suffer in terms of the what happens in pok and what happens in our border yeah uh, arvind uh, uh, you know dr swami of course has given a very important take on the whole thing i only want to point out that this so called drone strike against isis k for heaven's sake there have been hundreds of drone strikes like this over the past several years drone strikes have taken place under bush under obama and under trump uh, trump for example i you know he dropped uh, uh, something called a daisy cutter bomb a huge the biggest bomb in the you know almost with the, the same blast power as a nuclear bomb uh, and he dropped that in the middle of the uh, of the uh, isis k so called readout well the reality is the pakistanis should have given them uh, alerted so all that that bomb did was killed some sheep and a smaller number of shepherds i don't think anybody else was killed i don't know if there are any uh, actual is uh, you know isis k people were killed or whether some shepherds were killed because unfortunately and you know this has been happening i mean you had this wikileaks which brought out how so many of the so called kills of terrorists of the us uh, armed forces were actually civilians and julian assange was sent to jail for telling the truth i mean you know the truth is something which which i think i mean i don't see any reason to send a person to jail for that if these people had listened to julian assange they would not have been in this horrible position what i want to say is no big deal you know this kind of a drone strike uh as for recognizing the taliban i'm not sure because the united states is not china in china if general secretary xi jinping decides on a policy and he decided on a policy full support to the uh, the potiawari military of pakistan and that policy is china's policy nobody can question it america you can question it you got the media you got the multiple groups in your own party you got opposition parties you got other think tanks all uh, corporates all kinds of interests working so i think uh, frankly you, public opinion is now understood that biden has not only made a fool of himself he has humiliated the united states and destroyed the confidence of people in the united states as comprehensively as donald trump i mean you had a uh, you had a commander in chief like donald trump and now you have another commander in chief like biden so you have two commanders in chief who have completely destroyed the credibility of the united states as a security partner frankly i mean you know people who argue for a security relation to united states they don't know where to hide i mean people like me for example i don't know where to hide because you've got two commanders in chief who are so completely incompetent trump at least you can say is ignorant in the case of biden it's uh, it's incredible this level of incompetence but the last thing about government policy uh, you know arvin you may be having a lot of contacts in government and you may be knowing what government wants or what it does not want or anything i don't know what's happening in government 
So I don't know if their policy is to do nothing and wait or to do something, but not advertise it. I mean, so I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt that it could be that they're doing something and not advertising it. So it could be that also. So frankly, I have no information what's happening in the government. Okay, Dr. Swami, this again, it's uh, for either of you. China, when as soon as the Taliban, the pullout happened, China told, quote unquote, pa Taliban that you have to take a clean break from terror organization. Nobody knows what that means. Uh, China has never faced any terror threats like what India has faced, faced terrorism per se, be it homegrown, outside, or even the Western countries. So is China playing with fire with the Taliban? Do you think that Xi Jinping can just say, hey, don't do this anymore, they would listen? The Chinese public statements are not necessarily their private statements. Okay. They have an image to protect. And so they'll say this, but privately over dinner, they will say something else. Hmm. I, I can't go by that. But uh, there's no doubt that if Taliban comes to uh, finally take control of the government in, uh, in uh, Kabul, uh, the Taiwan, uh, the, the Taliban would not like to be pushed by anybody. Hmm. That includes the uh, Chinese. terrorist groups like the Haqqani group and, uh, and the ISISK, etc. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, to that extent, uh, the, the, the Taliban will be assured that the Chinese would be on their side. The question basically is, where are the soft targets for the Taliban? You see, you have to see that too. And uh, they have, uh, they are very strongly Islamic. And they certainly think that uh, India is a country which uh, deserves to be liberated. And once again, uh, come under uh, Islamic rule. So, and their writings, their everything is there. So, I don't think we can take this uh, lightly. I mean, it's possible that I'm, uh, uh, I'm now... Uh, in a highly inflamed uh, situation, and uh, uh, Nalapath is the sober uh, uh, analyst. But the fact is, we can't take a chance. We have to prepare for a major confrontation and war with Taliban. They will like to do it in Kashmir first. Uh, they will like to do it in terms of promoting uh, terrorists. After all, ISIS has not been dissolved by Taliban after what they did. You know, 175 people were killed in the airport. They are innocent people, unarmed people. And they killed them. So, uh, I would say that we, we should be preparing very seriously, as seriously as the United States has to prepare, or even more because the United States is far away. We are just next door. Um, one uh, more thing. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Wendy. To what Dr. Swami was saying, don't forget that you have some hardened terrorists in Pakistan. And guess which country in the UN Security Council has been constantly blocking uh, the, the, those terrorists from getting sanctioned? China. China. Uh, so for, obviously for the Chinese, uh, terrorism against India is not terrorism. So Chinese have adopted the Pakistan military's definition. It is terrorism yeah. against countries that, are, that we are fighting is not terrorism. Mohammad Azhar, whom we released yeah. after the uh, uh, Indian Airlines hijack, 
Unfortunately, he has recently had a conversation with the ISS and the Taliban on what to do with India. Well, came, so that's that came in the press. And, and who protected him all this time? That, I mean, the, that very powerful country, China. So, Ramesh, the Chinese definition of terrorism is not your definition or my definition of terrorism. <laughs> but the, my point is, China has not faced terrorism. What if Taliban turns its face or Pakistan turns towards China? That's my We'll, we'll, we'll keep it for another day, maybe. At the last point is about the CPEC, right? Uh, the China-Pakistan economic corridor. Is China going to extend that into Taliban and westwards? Is that a threat to Pakistan? Dr. Swami? No, no, that's got nothing to do with the uh, Taliban in Afghanistan. In fact, Afghanistan uh, would like to be, have a link into that for their own economic development. That's uh, more. The question is whether the Iranians would be browned off. At the moment, the Iranians are with the Chinese and so on. But they, they are Shias and they have already made a statement saying that the Shias should not be hurt in, in Afghanistan. So that is where the real question uh, comes. And I don't, uh, I don't think that uh, uh, China, you see, it doesn't go into depth on anything except their essentials. They want, uh, they want uh, to be recognized as a friend in uh, Afghanistan. They have achieved that uh, with the uh, Taliban now in power. And two, they want to sell, uh, for which uh, 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 Taliban uh, uh, naturally needs support. The Taliban can give them, you know, the Taliban can earn a lot of money through narcotics. In fact, most of Indian narcotics now comes from Afghanistan, has been coming for the last 10 years from Afghanistan. So, uh, and then they've got these various special metals, which uh, is available in Afghanistan plenty, which they want to use it for their war machine. The Chinese want to use So, Chinese are going to go in that way. But uh, if the Taliban attacks India, the Chinese are not going to tell them, no, don't do it. Uh, they are, in fact, going to enjoy watching it. Okay, Maybe the they'll last... do their own act in, uh, in other parts of India. Yeah, Dr. Swami, as you alluded earlier, uh, the Modi government is caught like a deer in headlights. You know, literally there. And Arvind yeah. said, we're going to wait and watch. What is this wait and watch? After they come inside your door? I mean, it's basically, um, I, I there is a serious lack of foreign policy. I mean, ineptitude, I mean, whatever you want to call it, lack or ineptitude, that we just want to wait and watch, go cajole this person or cajole that person. I don't think that is the right strategy because this is right at your doorstep. This is not some problem that's like thousands of miles away or... Uh, you know, tens of thousands of miles away. And as you said, it's imminent. It's just a question of time. Are they going to focus today, tomorrow? But we don't have any policy, be it foreign or military, uh, the, the Modi government, I'm saying when we say we, uh, that how do we tackle this problem? So anyway, uh, Mono, you wanted to say something? Else? No, ahead, what, what happened to uh, Jagdish? Is he still with us? No, he's oh. not available, Dr. Swami. His connection is bad. So he's dropped okay, out. All right. the, the, the Modi government, quite frankly, we don't know what it is thinking or what it is doing because there's a very heavy cloak of secrecy. So I would like to hope as a citizen of India that there must be some policies that are active and there must be some steps that are being taken to safeguard Indian interests. I would like to assume that. Uh, so the last thing, you talked about Khoresan, uh, Professor MD. Uh, is the Khoresan initiative, I mean, I, it is a big threat to Iran. So if the Khoresan initiative jump, gets into Taliban or something, isn't that a threat, direct threat to Iran? 
I'd like to say, Ramesh, I was very disappointed that this government stopped buying oil from Iran and basically fell at the feet of, you know, I'm sorry to say, America behaved in an extremely foolish manner by scrapping the JCPOA, that Iran nuclear deal. It is a very good nuclear deal, frankly. And there are some people who believe that, no, no, who forget that today's Europe and today's America is not the Europe and America of 1945 or, or 1925. It's a much weaker uh, set of people. And they had delusions about forcing Iran to do this and that. Iran was never going to be forced to do this and that. My own guess is Iranians must be developing their nuclear deterrent very actively now, given what they have endured under Trump, and which is still being continued under Biden. JCPOA was a very good deal for the United States, for NATO, and, 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 and for the GCC. And all these three people, if I may say so, they didn't realize it. So Iran, India, and Iran must go together as far as Russia is concerned. I'm very happy that discussions are going on with Vladimir Putin because the reality is the Russians don't want to be perpetually, if I may say so, dependent on the Chinese. But so long as the, I mean, you know, Biden called Putin a killer. Can you imagine the president of, of a country calling the president of another P5 country, which is a, a, a country with this with the second largest nuclear arsenal or the largest nuclear arsenal in the world, a killer. I mean, the, the poor man, Biden, he, I don't know what he is speaking, but this is one of the grave breaches of diplomatic protocol. So what option does Putin have except to go to Xi Jinping? The Europeans, the Germans, the French, the British, they don't want Putin anywhere in Europe because they feel that they'll be crowded out. And they, the fact is Russia is a much bigger country than Germany. Britain and France put together. They have to accept that. They will not accept that. So they have made Russia an even after 1992, which is a ridiculous policy. And I do hope, as far as India is concerned, we need to work with Russia because finally the Taliban is not good news for India, is not good news for Iran, is not good news for Russia. And one day these three countries must come together. I hope by that time, the leadership of countries like the United States, UK, France, and Germany, they understand the situation and they don't act in this self-destructive manner that they have been acting over the last several years, if I may say so. I have, I have a brief question uh, uh, to both uh, experts, Dr. Swami as well as Professor Nalapat, about the role of the United Nations. In the first inning of Taliban uh, in 1996, when they ousted uh, Nazibullah, Nazibullah took refuse in the United yeah. Nations for many months. And what happened yesterday? Yesterday in the, the Taliban 2.0, they had actually beaten the UN officers and UN officers have run away from the building. Now, this is the, the changed situation of United Nations office in Afghanistan uh, compared to 1996. So what do you think? Why the United Nations is not playing any role at all? <laughs> So I'd like to give the last word, Dr. Swami. So if I can interrupt here, Arvind, uh, you know, uh, when Stalin, Churchill and Roosevelt were having a discussion about tactics on Germany, uh, I think Churchill mentioned that, well, now the Vatican has given a very strong statement in support of, of the Allies. Of course, uh, there was a time when the Vatican was, was, uh, was not giving any statement in support of the Allies. 
there was also a time when it was quite trying to work out a concordat with hitler but this statement so what did stalin say oh the vatican has given a statement how many divisions does the vatican have so very simple question and the answer was zero so very frankly i mean let's be uh, you know very honest the question is who the, uh, i mean in the field how effective you are in dealing with the situation and if you are not effective in the field you are not effective period arvind you can conclude okay uh, uh, this is our uh, second uh, program on afghanistan in the recent weeks uh, we had one with professor brahma chelani uh, just two weeks back and that that time the situation was actually developing and uh, we cannot say the situation has developed now situation is still developing in fact the developments are taking by the hour so the changes are taking place every hour and we do not know what will happen as dr swami said in the beginning of this program that maybe uh, uh, we'll have to discuss this afghanistan later also once new developments come in but before i wind up this program let me just ask a political question to dr swami uh, congress is silent yeah. <laughs> Samajwadi Party, Mamta Party, DMK, all these parties are silent on Taliban. Are they looking at the Muslim population in India before they decide their stand? Why are they silent? Except you, nobody in BJP is also saying anything. <laughs> I know. Well, um, I have to give you a short answer because the long answer is very long. <laughs> See, the question is, as far as Congress is concerned, I'm telling you from personal knowledge that uh, uh, Congress will never go against anything where the Chinese have taken a position. And this is a development uh, after Sonia Gandhi's visit in 1995 to China. So... Uh, uh, even on uh, on Ladakh, I'm saying that uh, they have come, Chinese have come and occupied. I mean, I'm supposed to be uh, a friend of China. In fact, all these uh, Gandabugs and the Andubugs keep calling me Chinese agent. You know, I'm the only one who's speaking, saying that the Chinese have occupied our land, throw them out. Have you ever seen uh, the Congress make any statement except to blame Modi? Saying that, what are you doing? Please tell us what is your policy. They won't say, condemn China for having come and taken our territory, which was mutually agreed to be our territory across the Hellish. So, as was the um, um, Samajwadi Party and all, it's pure Muslim. Because Mulam um, 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 Singh told me many, many years ago, I think in 91, that uh, with the other vote, I can't win. I need the Muslims in my area. And uh, so, and there, the same thing with uh, Mamta. I mean, why did she go to that extreme? She's a, she's a very good Hindu, uh, big believer, in, and she worships Durga Ma in the morning every day. I know it. But she says that, you know, they, if they don't vote for me, they'll go to the CPM. That means the CPM will come back. So, therefore, to avoid that, I have to go to this length. In, in practical terms, she doesn't do any very much for them. But the fact is that uh, she her rhetoric is all extremely uh, pro-Muslim. 
because the same reason. So we, we need to therefore consolidate Hindu vote, but we are losing it every day. In Uttarakhand, the Hindus are not going to vote for us now after you took their temples. So uh, let's be clear uh, on these matters. Uh, and and, and uh, today is another discussion. What, what is it that you expect? You think that if you are becoming conciliatory to the Taliban, they are going to make friends with you? Mm -hmm. I mean, what kind of... Uh, and and the, uh, the foreign minister says we are waiting and watching what? Somebody throws a grenade after pulling out the pin and you it, uh, you catch it. Then what you are going to do? Uh, wait and watch to, to see uh, what is going to happen? Uh, you you will be blown up with it. So the issue is uh, that this... Uh, uh, Hope that somehow if India makes a gesture, they, they are all come running to you. Nobody is going to come running to you. After all, foreign policy is made on the basis of, of national interests. What is the national interest you are serving uh, by being nice to uh, Taliban? So that you can visit there and have uh, exchange of uh, ideas. So this is the uh, issue uh, which we have to come. We have to look at the fact that we are in this setup with the Chinese against you, the, the Afghanistan the new government is going to be going to be against you. Pakistan is against you. Uh, mo, mo, many Muslim uh, states do feel that uh, Muslims are under under threat in our own country. They are even if our Muslims don't want them to speak for them, they they they, they continue to speak. We have to deal with that problem, and they so. Uh, you have to have a clear policy and that policy should be appealing to at least a large section of the population. I mean, before we conclude, uh, just a quick update to you, uh, to the viewers. We, this program is also available as a podcast on Anchor, uh, on Spotify, on Google. So yeah, our viewers can also search if you want to listen to a podcast. Go ahead, Arvind, we can conclude. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Swami, for providing that uh, valuable answer about the internal politics or internal stand of the uh, political parties in India, except BJP. In BJP, nobody would speak. Uh, once Modi decides a policy, nobody has guts to speak anything except Dr. Swami. And Dr. <laughs> Swami has made his stand very clear. And if Modi had listened to Dr. Swami four years back, or even one year back, on Taliban, he has been very consistent in his stand. And viewers, uh, please appreciate that uh, the, the other political parties are uh, totally silent, as I uh, said, and Dr. Swami provided an explanation. Thank you very much, Dr. Swami. And thank you, Professor Nalapat. You covered everything uh, uh, yeah. possible under the topic. Uh, Taliban stand vis-a-vis -vis Europe or China or Russia or uh, uh, Indo-Russia relations or, I mean, all the topics that were required uh, to gain knowledge on this issue, you have provided a valuable input. Thank you very much for the content that you provided. It was very rich content for our viewers' point of view. Thank you very much, Professor Nalapat, for having spared uh, 90 minutes for this program. Thank you, Dr. Sami. Thank you, Ramesh. Thanks, Jagdish. Jagdish is not uh, right now uh, live on this program because of the uh, connection. Thanks, the technical team led by Ashish, uh, Tejas, uh, Naval, Tejas Naval Good, uh, Ishwar Ayer, Gadgi Rakesh, Vishal Mehta, Swaminathan. Thank you, uh, the uh, uh, entire technical team. We'll be meeting again next Sunday, 8 p.m. Indian Standard Time with a new topic, with a new guest and Dr. Subramanian Swami in 125th episode of Words of Wisdom 
ज्ञान गंगा 125वां अंक हमारा अगले रविवार को होगा 125 एपिसोड इज इज सेलिब्रेशन काइंड ऑफ थिंग फॉर अस एंड जगदीश हैड गिवन सम फिगर्स बिफोर द प्रोग्राम लास्ट वीक इट्स क्रॉस्ड 150000 आई मीन द पॉपुलैरिटी ऑफ दिस प्रोग्राम इमेंस ऑलमोस्ट ऑलमोस्ट 170000 and it reaches <laughs> nooks and corners of the world uh, and they, that shows about the, uh, the the value of this program because not many uh, independent forums are taking such issues and discussing threadbare thank you very much all the guests all the all the technical people and viewers will be meeting again next sunday till then namaskar jai hind jai hind <laughs> jai hind <laughs>